brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Outside the Huddle, featuring your host, Lemont Williams, with John Inglesby. This program is a great resource for players making career transitions, as well as a place to discuss this week's top sports stories. Now, here are your hosts, Lemont Williams and John Inglesby. Voice America, welcome back to another week of Outside the Huddle on the Voice America Sports Network. I'm Lemont Williams, and my co-host is... John Inglesby. And to join the show, the contact information is 1-888-346-9144, or you can email us at lemontwilliamsports at yahoo.com. John, how's it going up there in Boston? Going terrific. Lemont couldn't be better. It's uh, another hot week up here. Summer is in full swing, and uh, there's nothing like summer in New England up here. No doubt about it. Uh, we have not fair share of uh, decent weather here in Houston. We've been having consistent rain here lately, so uh, a lot of moisture in the air, very humid here in this part of town, down in the Gulf Coast. But uh, so far, so good this summer. Uh, but, you know, we have less than a week or a week away from training camp, so that always makes the summer a lot better for us uh, with the football season kicking off. So let's go ahead and start today's show, John. Uh, John and I will talk about the Michael Jordan and the Magic Johnson comments on LeBron James' decision to go to Miami. We'll discuss college football. Now, we have NFL kicking off soon, but college football is right around the corner, so we'll discuss college football and some summer college football issues that's going on here lately. I will invite Addison Cahill, the quarterback of the undefeated Boston Militant, to the show. But first, John, let's go around the NFL with this week's headlines and storylines. Starting with Brad Childress. Brad Childress got on the plane and flew down to southern Mississippi to visit our good quarterback that everybody loves, Mr. Brett Favre. Uh, Brett Favre was attending the 707 passing camp for high school players down in Mississippi uh, this past week. Uh, John, as we were doing the show last week, uh, Favre, you, you had stated to the listeners out there that Favre had made an appearance at the ESPY Awards in L.A., and uh, he stated to, uh, I forgot her name, Anna, Anna Storm, I want to say, in an interview that, depending on his surgical repair in, uh, an, uh, ankle, is what he will decide if he comes back or not. But uh, what do you think uh, or what do you take from Coach Childress visiting uh, Hattiesburg, Mississippi? Well, Coach Childress must be getting pretty familiar with the route from Minneapolis down to Hattiesburg um, because he's been down there a few times. Uh, it just sounds like it's, you know, no news on that front. Uh, you know, they met, and uh, you know, they're, they're obviously they're talking. And as I've stated before, I am certain that Brett Favre will come back. Uh, and it sounds like Brad Childress just wanted to go down and, and take his pulse. 
and make sure everything was on board. I don't think he was expecting any definitive answers, nor did he receive any. And uh, I believe it's just uh, business as usual with Brett Favre in the month of July. Yeah, I think their uh, uh, coach children actually want to go down and check check out his investment. You know, Brett Favre did some outstanding things for the Minnesota Vikings organization last year and team. And I think uh, Coach Childress and, and, and Brett Favre have a great relationship more than what we can imagine. So I think it was mainly from a friend's standpoint, hey, let me go check on Brett. I have some extra time before training camp starts. But in my personal opinion, I really think that uh, Brett Favre probably let Coach Childress know and the organization about him coming back. I think the only ones that that's in the dark as us. I think they have a feeling that he's coming back. Unless, I mean, they wouldn't be playing around with this. I mean, the league is so so funny as far as uh, one person can make or break a team. We saw that last year with Favre coming to the Minnesota Vikings. So they wouldn't put all their hopes in him coming back. And I don't think Brett Favre as a person will leave the one thing that he's coming back and at the last minute bail out. So I got a funny feeling he's coming back. We all feel like he's coming back, but I just think uh, – Coach Children just went down there to check up on him and also also dropped some some knowledge to some of those high school coaches and players at the seven oh seven camp. I agree. I agree. Uh you know, no question that they want him back and in my mind no question that Favre uh, intends to be back. His ankle you know, he's out playing now as we know and uh not running but throwing and uh you know, I'm sure his ankle he I mean, you know, say what you want about Brett Favre, but he has amazing uh you know, recuperative powers, and I expect he'll be back in mid to late August, uh, healthy and ready to go. Yeah, speaking of somebody want to come back, we go from a quarterback that played 20 years in, this, in, in the NFL to a quarterback that's trying to get his rookie season going, and that's Sam Bradford, the number one draft pick in the 2010 NFL draft. The Rams and Sam Bradford's representatives kind of kick kick started or kick off their negotiation process for for the number one draft pick. Uh, contract he's not under contract so if camp started tomorrow he was he will be not be able to attend but john uh you know with the nfl and the nflpa trying to work out one and all trying to work out their new cba deal and uh matt stafford getting i think somewhere close to 42 million in guarantee last year what type of numbers are we expecting to see from uh sam breakfast uh sam breakfast deal from these uh st louis rams well lemont i think we're gonna get uh you know, Sam's going to get $50 million, uh, break, you know, breaking new ground and, uh, you know, setting yet a new standard uh, for guaranteed money for an NFL rookie. And, you know, this is critically important because this could be the last big contract before uh, labor issues surface. And everybody's watching and waiting, uh, veterans and rookies alike, from rookies such as Tim Tebow or... You know, and Dominican Sue, Colt McCoy, you know, the Bradford signing and, and guaranteed money will set the bar once and for all, and then the chips will fall in line. But what's unique about this is the far-reaching consequences of this contract, uh, you know, could be felt for years to come. This this may be, you know, the final contract under the current collective bargaining agreement for a number one pick. So yeah. it'll be well, interesting. Well, hopefully it's not the last contract because we definitely don't need a work stoppage here in the NFL because we're we're on the go, we're moving here on the outside of the huddle on our show. So, and our foundation is the NFL. So hopefully they get everything figured out by then. But you you're absolutely right. Sam Bradford is somewhere up in the upper uh, uh, low fifties, 
upper 40s, uh, 40 million type of deal as far as guaranteed money. And it's, it's not a uh, situation as far as with the rookies as well as the veteran players. I'm pretty sure uh, Tom Comlin sit back and wait and see what kind of deal Sam Bradford gets so he can kind of negotiate Peyton Manning's deal as well as your quarterback up there in New England. Uh, Tom Brady's looking to get a new deal. So everybody's waiting and, you know, everybody's anticipating this new contract for the rookie quarterback, first draft pick, Sam Bradford, and also his former teammate, college teammate, uh, Gerald McCoy is also waiting. He he stated this week or last week he, that he was kind of waiting on King Sam to sign his deal. Uh, uh, Gerald McCoy being the second pick or the third pick, excuse me, the third pick in the NFL draft by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So, John, do you think uh, this is a smart move by Gerald McCoy to kind of sit back and wait for his former teammate, King Sam Bradford, to sign his contract? You know, I do, Lemont. I, I just think that, uh, again, you know, Bradford's contract is really just going to set the standard and everything's going to just fall from there. Uh, amazing to think that, you know, Tom Brady and Peyton Manning are in effect waiting on Bradford's contract as well, or at least their teams are. And, you know, Gerald McCoy, uh, you know, he, he doesn't, I think it behooves him to wait because if Bradford signs for the huge figures that they're potentially talking, then that should only benefit Gerald McCoy. Yeah, well, well, you know, we try to go from the rookies and we talk about their contracts. Let's talk about some veteran guys. And this one guy that's not waiting anymore because his deal got restructured this week, and that's running back Chris Johnson uh, for the Tennessee Titans. Chris Johnson agreed to restructure his deal with the Tennessee Titans, and it's reportedly that he will earn somewhere about $2.5 million this season prior to getting the $500,000 from his base rookie contract. Uh, John, now that Chris, running back Chris Johnson is – is, is restructuring his deal and will report to camp on town on time. How do you feel about this revised deal? Well, Chris Johnson has really all the leverage in this in this deal. He had you know a, an historic season last year and rushing for over two thousand yards. And you know the life of a running back is uh, in the NFL is notoriously short, as we all know, averages between three and four years. And so I, I you know. I think he had to do it. You know, he, he just he had no protection. His salary was quite low, just ridiculously low compared, given his achievements in the league. And you know, it's the it's, it's the only hope he had to get the big money in advance of this year, and you know, before he potentially would get hurt or or lose his game or whatever. Yeah, and the number shows. I, I think I read an article or some something this week where the number shows. That uh, statistically, that he will drop in his numbers, he, as far as rushing for 2,000 yards like he did last year, and it's you know it's kind of like a cushion. We talked about the potential work stoppage. Uh, uh, well, Sam Bradford's contract might be the last big deal, so it's good to see that he got an increase in the salary. But one thing I do like about this revised contract is the fact that it doesn't add any more years to his existing contract. So uh, it's kind of like a band aid for this situation now, going to this training camp or heading to next year. If it's no work stoppage, they'll be back at the round table again or negotiation table trying to get that long-term deal done. So uh, good job by Chris Johnson's uh, representatives trying to get some stuff going so they can continue their success heading to the training camp for the 2010 season. John, we have two minutes for our first break of the show. So i got a question. Since we're talking about running backs, let's talk about the Redskins situation they have there in Washington. they got three veteran running backs, and Larry Johnson, Willie Parker from out of Pittsburgh Steelers, 
native native state of Pennsylvania and Clinton Porter uh, coming back from injury, uh, concussion injury. How do you see this Redskins running back competition playing out this training camp? Well, you know, it, it is. It's three household names. And, uh, you know, they all bring a little something different to the table. Obviously, Willie Parker is all about speed, and Larry Johnson is, you know, a workhorse, and Clinton Portis is really somewhere in between. But Clinton Portis, of course, has a history with Mike Shanahan, having played for him uh, when he was coach of the Broncos. Uh, but it was also Mike Shanahan who got rid of Clinton Portis to get Champ Bailey a few years back. So uh, tough to tell if it's a, a good history or a bad history there. Yeah. But, you know, if, if I had to pick, given, you know, the uncertainty of what the history is with Portis and Shanahan, plus Larry Johnson's uh, issues. I would have to say, if I had to pick one right now, I'd be I'd be uh, picking Willie Parker. Oh, we'll definitely see, definitely see how that plays out. It's, it's very intriguing to see how that plays out. That competition always brings out the best players in training camp. So we'll definitely keep our eyes on the Redskins training camp going into this. 2010 season but john it's our time to take our first break and when we come back we'll continue talking football with quarterback of the Mil- of the boston militant allison cahill next on outside the huddle with lee mont williams and co-host john inglesby on the voice america sports network Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. The IS Outdoors Talk Radio Show brings two well-known outdoorsmen to the Voice America Network with hunting and fishing info news, talking about everything from new sporting gear, places to hunt and fish, and getting more from your recreation time. Join hosts Brock Ray and Don Kirk Thursday mornings at 7 a.m. Pacific time for IS Outdoors on the Voice America Sports Channel. With their combined experience of 60 years in the woods, Brock and Don have traveled widely, creating TV shows and writing articles on hunting and fishing. Blessed with down-home humor, they are also well-versed in environmental concerns, firearms ownership, and animal rights issues. IS Outdoors offers brisk interaction with the audience, soliciting opinions and questions on a wide range of outdoor subjects. Tune in every Thursday morning at 7 a.m. Pacific time to the IS Outdoors Talk Radio Show with Brock Ray and Don Kirk, right here on the Voice America Sports Channel. Being here with Ariel and Shia Kane is an ordinary person's guide to modern-day enlightenment. This show is an exciting exploration, which opens the door to living in the moment. Don't miss being here. Tune in every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 noon Eastern, with Ariel and Shia Kane right here on the 7th Wave Network. The opening kickoff is a beauty. It's a fly ball deep right. From high school to the pros, we, we cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. You're outside the huddle with Lemont Williams and co-host John Inglesby. Want a piece of today's action? Call into the show right now at 1-888-346-9144. 
That's 888-346-9144. Or you can drop a line to Sports at yahoo.com. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Outside the Huddle with Lemont Williams and co-host John Inglesby on the Voice America Sports Network. John, it's that segment where we invite active former players to the show, and we have an active player today. First, we're making history so far in the 2010 season. We have a female on the show, but not just any female. We have a female football player. So I want to welcome Addison Cahill, Cahill sorry, to the show Outside the Huddle and congratulate her on becoming the 2010 WI. FL All-Star. So, Addison, welcome to Outside the Huddle. Hi, thanks for having me. Thanks for having me. Coming on the show, I know uh, you're up in Boston. John is up in Boston. He covers you guys, and he, he does some work as well with the team. So, John, I want you to go ahead and take the lead and, and, and set the stage for Allison tonight. All right. Very good. Thank you, Lemont. And, Allison, it's good to speak with you again. When last we spoke about 10 days ago on um, uh, Saturday night in Somerville, Massachusetts, you had just won the semifinal game, a playoff game, to uh, to set you up to go to this Saturday's championship game in Round Rock, Texas. So you were very excited that night, understandably so, and I guess you're excited right now for this Saturday evening's game. Uh, what can you tell us about your preparations in advance of Saturday's game? Uh, well, you know, it's been kind of a balancing act you know you obviously have to prepare especially against an opponent that you've never faced I mean, they're from Sacramento so clearly we don't play them in the regular season um, so we've been trying to do a lot of game film studying um, and then trying to figure out what they do well what their weaknesses are and you know build on our strengths and keep getting better while trying to uh, you know maintain composure too you know the biggest game any of us have played, so trying to keep the emotions in check and a clear head and you know, travel, preparations, it's been a uh, long week and a half, but we'll be down there tomorrow and ready to go. Sounds Terrific. good. Sounds like you guys are excited, and I know you guys had a lot of success this year, Addison. This is Lee Mond. Uh, I'm a former football player myself, so I kind of understand the studying the film and preparation for a team that you're playing across the country that you probably haven't ever seen before. But i got a question for you as well, Addison. Uh, you live in Boston now, and you attended Ivy League school, which is which Princeton. Uh, what made you want to join a football team? Um, I actually have been wanting to be a football player since I was four years old. Uh, I had two older brothers, um, both who played high school football, and just like any other kid, wanted to be like my big brothers. And um, also had a neighborhood full of boys, and they certainly didn't want to play dolls. So um, loved it, you know, since I can remember. And then my senior year of college, I think through word of mouth, heard that there was actually a women's league. So I checked that out online and found my local team at the time and went home, tried out, made the team, and seven years later, still playing. So I feel really lucky to be, you know, literally living, living a dream. And I've had since I was four years old. It's pretty awesome. Okay, but I, for the listeners out there, can you please elaborate or explain a little bit more about women's full in the in the IWLFL uh, uh, football? Well, um, there have been women's teams around for going on 
10 years or maybe a little more now. Um, different teams and leagues have come and gone, but uh, the IWFL now has, I believe, between 40 and 50 teams. And this is our third year in the league as the militia. Uh, the militia was formed from two teams uh, from Massachusetts. And our current owner bought us both and put us together. So, like I said, it's our third year together. And um, the team we're playing, Sacramento, this is actually their 10th anniversary season. Mm-hmm. And they, they won the championship in 03, 04, 05. So this is the first time they've been back in a while and our first time. Um, but, yeah, women's football has been around for a while now, and we have some 10-year vets on our team, which is pretty pretty crazy to say. But um, So it's it's really results in a, a high level of play. You know, it's not like we're a bunch of rookies out there who, who have no experience. It's it's uh, pretty cool to watch. Okay. Well, let me reset for the listeners. I know John got another question, but we're talking with Addison K. Hill, the 2010 IWFL I mean, All-Star quarterback for the Boston uh, team up there in Boston, Massachusetts. John, I'm sorry about that. Go ahead and uh, ask your second question. Oh, certainly, Lemont. Uh, well, I can certainly testify to the, you know, strong play of the Women's Professional Football League and the Boston Militia, and and specifically Allison, having attended the game ten days ago, uh, the game that got them to the championship, and I just simply. Could not have been more impressed with the level of play and with Allison, your play in general. Uh, you know, you, you throw on the run. I thought it was one of your strongest uh, areas that night. And I also know for the listeners, it's important that Allison was a four-year starter, if I'm not mistaken, on the Princeton women's basketball team. And But you're, you're also fortunate enough to have good coaching. Tell us a little bit about uh, your coaching staff and some of the background with the militia coaches. Oh, yeah, we're extremely fortunate. Um, our, we have um, three former NFL players at different spots on our coaching team. Uh, head coach Derek Beasley played for the Patriots and the Raiders, I believe. I could be wrong. Um, Robert Perryman is our offensive coordinator. He played for um, the Patriots and the Broncos. And Vernon Crawford uh, played at Florida State for Bobby Bowden and then uh, the Patriots as well. Um, and he's kind of a do-it-all position coach. So, I mean, the knowledge that they've been able to pass to us, I mean, when you think of the coaches they played for, Coach Perryman played for Bo Schembechler at Michigan and, uh, like I mentioned, Bobby Bowden and Mike Shanahan at Denver, I mean, it's it's pretty amazing to think that they're taking time out of their lives and they have regular jobs and everything now and this is their fourth year with us and uh you know they are so into it they're watching film and trying to give us every edge we can and it's just it's crazy to think that you know we have guys with that kind of experience and knowledge and love for the game and they just want to share it with us and help us be great you know it's pretty awesome Oh, yeah, great coaches go a long way, uh, especially at the highest level when you guys playing professional football. Uh, you, you definitely sound like you have a great resume and great background as far as coaching uh, to be able to help you guys make that transition for a lot of the players that, that probably have never played football in an all-female uh, or women's football league. But, Ashton, I have another question. The uh, Malaysia was founded, you know, the team was founded in 20, uh, 2007, like you stated earlier, and uh, 
seems like you guys has always been improving each season, and this season you guys are undefeated. Why have you all been so successful in these short three years? Well, um, like I mentioned, we were formed initially out of two teams from uh, the Boston area that had been around for a while. And, you know, our first year together, it was just a matter, it was a huge adjustment. It was a, a new league for a lot of us, so different opponents that we weren't familiar with. Um, for half the team, the coaching staff was new to them. And then, you know, trying to just develop chemistry with each other as teammates on and off the field. Um, and that year, you know, we were 6-2, and two, missed the playoff by about a game. And then last year, had a undefeated regular season, you know, just having that continuity one year together under our belts, same coaches, same league, um, a lot of the same players. And we lost uh, a heartbreaker in the conference championship game in the last 53 seconds. So, I mean, that, you know, timeline coupled with how we lost that final game uh, sort of showed us what we were capable of, and we came into this year with, you know, one expectation, and that was to win the championship. Um, so having that experience behind us and, you know, going on our third year all together, I mean, the continuity has been a, a big, big difference in addition to, you know, already having great athletes and everything. So it's just everything coming coming together at the right time, I think. Sounds good. Let me go reset for the listeners. We're talking with Addison Cahill, the 2010 IWFL All-Star quarterback for the Boston Malaysia undefeated team that's playing in the championship game this weekend in Round Rock, Texas. John, I know you have one more question before we we wrap for a break. Well, just simply, uh, you know, Allison, um, you're heading out tomorrow, and what's your schedule going to be between now and Saturday evening when the championship game kicks off at, I believe, 7 p.m. Texas time, if I'm not mistaken? What What are the next two days hold for you and the team? Well, it's a little bit, I just I was taking a look at the itinerary, and it's a little bit busier than I expected and would like, but um, I think, you know, like I mentioned earlier, when we get down there, we're going to have some practice time on the field, um, kind of get used to our surroundings, and then there are a couple different sort of social or media events. There's kind of a meet and greet, uh, press conference, things like that, all-star registration, uh, I think we're actually supposed to have all-star practice and chalk talk, things like that, but I'm hoping that those of us playing in, in the championship will get cut a little slack so we can focus on uh, the bigger game. Yep. Um, and probably final walkthroughs and film t- and position meetings uh, through Friday. And uh, just try to stay relaxed and hydrated and prepared until Saturday night kickoff at, at 7 o'clock. Well, Addison, it seems like you guys are very prepared, and you're you sound excited, a little bit tired. I can, I can I've been in your shoes, so it sounds like you're a little <laughs> tired, but at the same time, you excited and you can't wait to get down here in Texas. Uh, but you know, John and I want to thank you for coming on to the show. And first, I want to commend you on your hard work. I don't care what league you play in, and in order for you to be an All Star, you have to put out 110 percent, and you're an All Star. So I want to commend you on that and say congratulations and wish thank you luck. You and the Malaysia team this weekend, and I know uh, John will continue to uh, uh, plug you guys, if I can say that, or, or talk about your, your league, because he got me interested in it, and I done some homework, and I found out that we have a team here in Houston called the Houston Energy, so I'm going to start spending some more time doing my research on that team, and hopefully next year 
you guys to play the energy. I don't know if you guys play the energy, but hopefully next year uh, you guys can meet up in Round Rock again for the championship. All right, sounds good. Let's get the first one under our belts first. Exactly. Well, good luck, Allison. Thank you so much for taking some time out of your busy schedule this week to join us, and uh, we'll be thinking of you on Saturday night. All right, my pleasure. Thanks for the support. You're right, welcome. No problem. Hey, John, let's go ahead and take our break. When we come back, we'll talk college football next on Outside the Huddle with Lemont Williams and co-host John Inglesby on the Voice America Sports Network. school to the pros we we cover everything let your voice be heard voice america sports we some hard hitters we some hard hitters hard hitting radio is a new kind of sports and entertainment show your hosts are nfl veterans mark mcmillan and co-host byron evans it's an hour of hater free radio every week You'll hear interviews with top athletes, celebrities, coaches, and fans. It's humor, hits, and conversation. Hard Hitting Radio is on with McMillan and Evans. Listen Fridays at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Network. Looking for a top show about horse racing and handicapping? Looking to play the ponies? Join us every week for Winning Ponies with Ed Meyer. This show is the perfect complement to the Winning Ponies website, where you'll go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys, trainers, agents, and handicappers in the world of horse racing. Listen for top plays for the weekend in the spot play of the week and win prizes just for listening. Winning Ponies with Ed Meyer is live Thursdays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Sports Network. Football and so much more is the focus of Planet Gridiron with Damian Anderson. Join the former Arizona Cardinals running back for a show that mixes, well, a little bit of everything. Damian brings to the program life experiences playing football and will talk about his variety of successes both on and off the field. The goal is to provide you with a fun perspective on life, family, success, and of course, football. Tune in to Planet Gridiron with Damian Anderson, Fridays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're outside the huddle with Lemont Williams and co-host John Inglesby. Want a piece of today's action? Call into the show right now at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or you can drop a line to Sports at yahoo.com. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Outside the Huddle with Lemont Williams and co-host John Inglesby on the Voice America Sports Network. John, we've been having a great show so far. It's been all football talk. We went around the NFL uh, first segment, second segment. We had Addison Cahill on, now quarterback from the Boston Malaysia football female football team. And now we roll into the third segment. We got college football. So man, it's a great show. Nothing but football. I love it. 
uh, and, and kicking all this week uh, as far as college football discussion, let's go ahead and talk about the Big Ten. Big Ten title game. Big Ten is, uh, well, the Green Bay Packers are interested in the Big Ten conference after all this summer uh, buzz they've been getting as far as getting Nebraska in a couple of years. But uh, Big Ten is lobbying to see if the, I mean, uh, Green Bay is lobbying to see if the Big Ten conference want to play the championship game at Lambeau Field. Packers are looking to kind of make or uh, find more ways to grow grow business at the, you know in Green Bay. Pretty much it's, it's known that they're trying to, they're hurting for generating revenue or trying to generate more revenue to the stadium. And, uh, John, you know, I want to get your take on it. Uh, you know, with, with the Packers trying to find more revenue, will this Big Ten title game at Lambeau enhance, enhance their chance to get more revenue? Well, I certainly think it would. Uh, you know, Lambeau is such a pro football shrine, it would seem, you know, somewhat out of its element, but it is, you know, the football stadium in America, without a doubt. And, uh you know, it, it seemed a little out of context when I first heard it. Like, it just college football in Lambeau seems, uh, you know, just not something we've ever seen before. It's just really that simple. And yeah. uh, But, you know, I, I can't imagine a more historic place for it uh, than Lambeau Field. Uh, the, the weather needs to be considered, of course, but nothing the Big Ten teams haven't seen before. And... Uh, you know, but they've got some stiff competition. Uh, you know, Cleveland has shown some interest. I believe Chicago and what I believe to be the biggest competitor, which is, uh, you know, the Indianapolis Stadium, Lucas oh, Oil yeah. Stadium in Indy is competing for this. And I wouldn't be, you know, I just think that these days in, in that area of the country that uh, Dome Stadium might have, you know, an edge. Mm-hmm. given the weather and, uh, you know, the desire to have, you know, the, at least the first Big Ten football championship game be, uh, you know, be played in, in reasonable elements. Yeah, uh, well, here's my here's my take on it. I look at it like, you know, it, it goes hand-in-hand, hand, kind of like peanut butter and jelly. I think when you think about the Big Ten conference, you think about blue-collar, smash-mall football, a lot of running the ball, bad weather, and it kind of mixed right, in, right into the Green Bay uh, image and, and persona, uh, cold weather, uh, old legacy, historical place. I think it'll be a great, great, great opportunity for them if they can land that Big Ten conference game. I just hope that if it's early in December and not late, because uh, you know in Green Bay it snows early up there. So, but even though if it did snow, I think it will get good ratings. Uh, ABC will pick it up. ESPN will be right there in their backyard uh, recording that game. So I think. It's a great fit for Green Bay. Hopefully, they can get it so they can generate some more revenue and hope that stadium keep and keep that stadium alive up there. And uh, so we kind of move from Green Bay and talking about that situation. We're going to stay in the Big Ten conference. Let's talk about Joe Parr, uh, your your good friend or a yep. guy that you you watched growing up in the state of Pennsylvania. Joe Parr for a lot of the listeners out there. I'm talking about Joe Paterno. Uh, Penn State finished pretty strong this this 2010 football recruiting class and. Uh, however, they lacking behind a little bit in the 2011 football class or recruiting class. So, John, I just stated you grew up in Pennsylvania and watched Joe Parr, iconic coach, pretty much all your life. Uh, how was it? How would you feel? Put yourself in the place to how would you feel or felt seeing Joe Parr coming to your high school, or your home, as far as recruiting you if you played football? Well, Lemon, I can't imagine you know a more powerful presence walking into any high school recruits home than Joe Paterno, certainly in the state of Pennsylvania. 
Uh, although, oddly enough, the last recruit he visited was Terrell Pryor in Jeanette, Pennsylvania, about a half hour south of Pittsburgh. And yeah. as we all know, three years later, that uh, Joe Pa did not land Terrell Pryor. He went to Ohio State, much to the chagrin of the entire state of Pennsylvania. But, uh, <laughs> you know, that was one that got away. But, you know, Joe Paterno uh, is simply a godlike presence uh, in the state of Pennsylvania. And, you know, in recent years, he's risen to that, you know, nationally. And, you know, when that famous freshman recruiting class came in uh, four or five years ago and put Penn State back on the football map, you know, that was a lot of, you know, young players that, you know, got together, led by, uh, you know, some of the best players in the country that all decided to go to Penn State and, you know, basically paid homage to Joe's, uh, career and you know that's really continued on and i give credit to you know all those young men who have attended penn state and well wanting to play for you know uh, someone who has been around for 50 years as the coach of uh penn state so i think it's terrific and i would love to see him going into the homes there would be uh, it would no question it would aid penn state recruiting i definitely agree with that and joe is definitely a legend in the state of pennsylvania uh we move from the uh, Big Ten Conference to the Southeast Conference. And we talk about Joe Parr as a coach, legendary coach, and we talk about another coach in the Southeast Conference that threw him this hat and retired last week, and that's Bobby Johnson, uh, the coach, former coach of the Vanderbilt Commodores. Uh, you know, it's never a good time, John, I guess, to retire, but Bobby Johnson retired last week as the Vanderbilt Commodores head coach, and uh, he stated there was no health concerns, so why would he quit? You know, why would he quit, in your opinion, uh, with seven weeks to go before the kickoff of the 2010 season? Well, it was a surprise to everybody concerned. Uh, you know, it just came out of nowhere. And, you know, he, he had brought the Vanderbilt program, uh, you know, at its highest level in recent years. Uh, about two, three years ago, I think they were undefeated, you know, seven, eight games into the season. But, you know, and, and Jay Cutler, I believe, played for him as quarterback a few years back. So, He's done some pretty good things down there at Vanderbilt, but at the end of the day, Vanderbilt is in the SEC, yet they have the highest academic standards. And I'm totally guessing here. I have no inside information, but I believe, and, and you know, I live here in Boston, and Boston College faces the same thing that, uh, you know, with the high academic standards, you know, it just wears you down after, yeah. uh, you know, year in, year out of, you know, perhaps landing top recruits and fighting so hard to get them, and you, you know, you get them right to the doorstep, and then uh, academically, they're they're not allowed to to you know ed- enter the school. And you know, I, I just think you know it, it just wears wears these coaches down. I mean, again, uh, Boston College, same boat in the ACC, and you know, Boston College has had a lot of football coaches over the years. Yeah. They tend to come and go fairly quickly, and I think Vanderbilt, you know, is along those lines as well. And I just think it just is tough. Notre Dame's in the same boat. Stanford to a degree, so it's hard. Yeah, and we 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 talk SEC and we talk about Big Ten, and let's stay in the SEC and we talk about tough as far as getting guys to stay in school. But hey, the NCAA has turned it up this last couple of weeks. As far as uh, I think what kickstarted was the USC and St. Uh, St. and the Reggie Bush 
Heisman uh, slash receiving money from uh, agents slash market, marketing guys. So let's talk about those three schools that's getting looked at right now by the NCAA. That's the Florida Gators, South Carolina Gamecocks, as well as the UNC, uh, UNC Tar Heels. Starting with Florida and South Carolina, John, uh, uh, like I just stated for the listeners, NCAA is investigating their uh, former player or former player, this former player, uh, Maurice uh, Ponte. Uh, it's alleged that he received over $100,000 or $100,000 after the championship game of Alabama last year, SEC championship game. Uh, how often do these things uh, happen to college players as far as getting money from agents, in your opinion, John? Oh, I think it's pretty common, to be perfectly honest. I mean, college sports in general and certainly college football is big, big business. And, you know, it's no coincidence that, you know, be it Reggie Bush or Florida or South Carolina, all the infractions that are occurring are always always seem to be tied directly to agents. And Lou Saban come on was was speaking today, and and he compared agents to pimps <laughs> in a rather startling uh, you know observation on his part, and you know interesting word to use uh, tying you know comparing it to agents, but. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's, you know, it, it's a tricky business. You know, you have young young men and, you know, agents tempting them with all types of offers. And, you know, many of the young men uh, come from circumstances that, you know, make them not only want to take these offers, but in some cases need to take these offers. Yeah. And so it, it's just really... Uh, a very tricky business, and uh, you know, trying to police it is just near impossible. Exactly, it's, it's it's very tough, and with the technology world we live in, with the Facebook, the Twitter, and you know, the MySpace, if that's still existing, it's hard for a lot of these coaches to get their hands around it. Uh, players have access to agents, agents have access to players, or their associates or their friends, so it's kind of hard to kind of police it. But yeah, it's a tricky, tough business. But hey, uh, you know. That comes with the territory. But real quick, we have two minutes for our next break. Uh, I want to get your take on the Reggie Bush thing. How, how do you feel about USC returning Reggie Bush uh, Heisman Trophy? Well, that's about as, you know, a symbolic, you know, negative attached to this whole USC scandal as, as you can just possibly imagine. I mean, I have been in, you know, Heritage Hall where the Heismans are housed of all the USC Trojans, uh, you know, and their lineage of great players. And, you know, it's hallowed ground, uh, you know, as where college football is concerned. And, you know, so removing a Heisman from, like, you know, Heritage Hall at USC with all the other trophies and national championships, what have you, is, again, you know, symbolically, uh, it strikes me as USC almost like throwing up the white flag. And just yeah. saying, uh, enough already. I mean, this, yeah. this is it. Make, we'll do, you know, we're done. Yeah, you make a great point there. But, John, it's time for us to take another break. So when we come back from this break, we'll talk about some NBA as well as the World Championship starting this summer. Next on Outside the Hollow with Lemont Williams and co-host John Inglesby on the Voice of America Sports Network. It's a fly ball deep right 
Are you a real sports fan? Get ready to talk football and anything else sports with Kwame Lasseter, formerly with the Arizona Cardinals, San Diego Chargers, and St. Louis Rams. Kwame's got the experience, so he's prepared to talk sports with you every week on Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk. It's on the Voice America Sports Network every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time. Get ready for unpredictable fun and sometimes a sarcastic look at the world of sports. That's Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network. The Sports Mavericks show redefines the elite athlete by bridging the gap between parents, athletes, and the community. Host Ida Moyer, a.k.a. the Oprah of sports, brings to the Voice America Network original programming, balancing the pursuit of academic excellence and sports participation. The Sports Mavericks show airs every Tuesday evening at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Listeners will be engaged in straightforward talk, spontaneous and unscripted by the experts. Ida and her guests will explore the challenges of success and failure in sports and will help athletes and their parents navigate the transition from high school, college, and then on to the pros. We put fun back into sports and recognize role models in sports through our Sports Mavericks All-Star Award program. Tune in Tuesday evenings at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time with Ida Mouillet and the Sports Mavericks Show right here on The Voice. Voice America Sports Channel. It's football, pop culture, and everything in between. Get ready for the game plan with Anthony Heron, a.k.a. Big Ant. Anthony has a background in college and professional football and brings the player, coach, and broadcaster perspective to this weekly roundup of the top sports news and events. Big Ant wants to hear from you, too. Tune in to the game plan with Anthony Heron every Tuesday afternoon at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific time on the voice america sports channel it's game time your internet flagship station for sports voice america sports you're outside the huddle with lemont williams and co-host john inglesby Want a piece of today's action? Call into the show right now at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or you can drop a line to Sports at yahoo.com. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Outside the Huddle with Lemont Williams and co-host John Inglesby. On the Voice America Sports Network, John, it's our last segment before we wrap up this great show that we've been having today. And before we uh, we wrap it up, let's go and talk to some NBA. NBA, uh, last couple of weeks we've been talking a lot about the free agency as well as the uh, NBA finals with the Lakers and the Celtics. But uh, World Championship starts, well, training camp starts this week in Vegas. And the World Championship game starts, I want to say, mid-August and the last, like, early September. So, uh a lot of free agency guys is not playing. Uh, LeBron and, and Kobe and and uh, Chris Bosh, those guys, they're not playing, so uh, it's obvious. But um, Coach K, Coach K is coming back. He's coaching this year. 
leading the summer league team or the summer team. And they got a good guy, in my opinion. I always respect his game. He's joined them as a special assistant to the coaching staff, Jason Kidd. Uh, what, you know, since Jason Kidd is joining the team, John, what type of intangibles or, or leadership or something he will bring to this 2010 Summer League World Championship team? Well, interestingly, Lemont, Jason Kidd is the only veteran from the Beijing gold medal team who's with, you know, the only player from that 2008 team who's with new USA team that will be playing over in Turkey. Mm-hmm. and But yet, of course, he's not going to be a player. He's been added to the staff as a coach. But he'll be able to bring that perspective as a player. And uh, obviously, Coach K thinks very, very highly of Jason Kidd and wanting to bring him on and talking about all the intangibles he brings. And, uh, you know, I'm a big fan. I saw Jason Kidd play in the Eastern Conference Finals against the Celtics back in... Uh, six, eight years ago when, you know, Jason Kidd was at the absolute peak of his game, and he, he was just something to watch. And you talk about a floor general. He, uh, he did things I've really rarely seen point guards do. So I've always liked the guy. I think he's, uh, you know, again, a great leader, and I think he'll be a perfect bridge between the coaching staff and the players themselves, uh, you know, when they go for the gold in Turkey. Yeah, Jason is a great, great guy, man. Uh, has an outstanding uh, career thus far. I, I'm going to go out on the limb. I, I, I think he's a future Hall of Famer. If not, uh, we already have not already made his, his mark for us in the Hall of Fame. But Jason will bring, uh, you know, some guys bring certain talents. Some guys can jump out the gym. Some guys have a jump shot, you know, a nice, you know, a fast jump shot, Reggie Miller type of jump shot. But Jason Kidd brings to the table his leadership. We talked about that. You can't teach that. You can't coach that. You got to be not really born with it, but you got to be. It has to be instilled into you, into your soul. And Jason has a way of leading guys, and he's not too far disconnected from uh, this this younger generation that Coach K is trying to coach this summer. So, had, adding Jason to the coach staff would kind of be kind of like a confidant for these young guys, somebody they can go to and, and not feel like uh, they pressured to to get the job done by. Uh, asking questions or going to Coach Kidd and the other coaching staff, but Jason Kidd can know exactly where they where they're coming from once they're presented present him with those type of questions. But uh, I think Jason Kidd will be a great fit for that that coaching staff. Maybe that might propel him to get into coaching once he's done playing. So great job, for Coach K, uh, adding Jason Kidd on to the World Championship team this summer. And uh, I guess we can't finish the show, John, without talking about LeBron James. So let's go ahead and wrap up the show with LeBron James. Okay, and our main man Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan uh, was playing in the Celebrity Golf Tournament this weekend in Lake Tahoe, and uh, you know how Michael Jordan does it. If he gets some opportunity to voice his opinion, he's going to state his opinion. And Jordan was presented with questions about LeBron James' decision uh, this past weekend, and Jordan stated that there was no way he would call up Magic or Larry to get together and play on one team. So, John, before we wrap up the show, where do you stand with the Michael Jordan comments? Of- and Magic Johnson as well came out today and stated the same thing, something similar to what Michael Jordan stated. So what do you stand with these guys' comments on King James' decision? Well, Lemon, I think it just shows what tremendous competitors, you know, Michael Jordan, Magic Johnson, and, of course, uh, Larry Bird were, and that, they, you know, they were built to beat 
their top competition as opposed to join them. And the NBA should be forever grateful for that because obviously Larry Bird and Magic Johnson changed forever when they joined the league after the 1979 NCAA championship game. And it was their rivalry that basically built the modern NBA as we know it. And then Michael arrived and took it to the next level. And he, of course, you know, he caught Larry and Magic at the tail end of their careers, but they did indeed play against each other. I remember Jordan scoring 63 points against Bird and the Celtics in the Old Garden. So, again, um, yeah, I, I mean, I, again, the NBA was built on these rivalries, and time, only time will tell if, uh, you know, the, re, the, the uniting of, you know, Bosch, Wade, and LeBron in Miami is going to be a good thing or a bad thing, but we know one thing: they won't, you know, they won't be rivals. Yeah. The short term. <laughs> yeah, and I agree with you. I think Jordan and uh, and Magic and Larry Bird arrows, you know, everything was built off competition. That was was driving the you know, NBA at the time uh, to get their 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 opportunity to get back into the hunt of of being a global sport or or a global league. So great job by those guys. But it's a different era now. I think. Uh, Jordan, you know, when he made those comments, I really didn't take it uh, as, a, as a bad thing. But, you know, you also got to look at the picture. Jordan has invested interest in the NBA. He's the owner of the Charlotte Bobcats, so he's going to sway towards what's best for him and his team, as well as Magic. Magic, uh, you know, I kind of didn't understand what Magic I understood what he was saying, but, you know, just not too long ago, Magic was all applause for Carl Malone and the other guys. Gary Payton coming to L.A., joining as one team to try to get a championship ring. So I just think it's, you know, it's a little bit too much. Guys are jumping on uh, LeBron James' back about his decision. Just let his decision be, you know, he made his decision. And let's sit back and wait and see how it pans out. Then we judge it from there. I think uh, it's just a great way to, you know, to compete. I mean, the guy had seven years in Cleveland. Wasn't successful as far as from a team standpoint, from, but from an individual standpoint, he was very successful by winning two MVPs and all-star and so forth and so forth. So I think uh, only time will tell about this decision. But I, I think a lot of the guys, older guys, are, are I don't know if they're jealous about the situation, but I, I really think they're looking at it from the standpoint of, uh, you know, uh, back in our era. And then we can never compare the past history to now. So I just think, um, I don't know, I don't I don't have a, a, I'm not, you know, for it against. I just think, they, you know, they stated their opinion. It is what it is, so. So that, that's my take on it. And I agree. I think that, uh, you know, time marches on. You know, as Michael Jordan astutely said in his comments, you know, they weren't doing that back in his day. So, you know, it's uh, just simply the, the ways of the, the world uh, here in 2010. And I think most importantly, uh, as we've stated in the last couple of weeks on this show, that... You know, the players at the moment are wielding uh, the power. Mm-hmm. And this is the result where they're teaming up with their buddies and, you know, and create, you know, and going to the same team. And it, again, too early to tell if it's a good thing or a bad thing. We shall see. Yeah, we shall see. But, John, it's time for us to wrap up the show, man. Great show today, John. So let's go ahead and thank all our listeners out there for listening outside the huddle. We'll leave my Williams and co host, John Inglesby. Have a blessed week, and remember, sports plus business equals wealth.
Thanks for joining Outside the Huddle with Lemont Williams and co-host John Inglesby. We're back next week for another live show, Wednesday at 5 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Central, and 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Check back with us on the Voice America Sports Channel. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.